Hi, you guys. Welcome to Mudlark. I'm your host, Danny Bolts, and I started this podcast because I believe that our stories are what connect us, especially the darkest parts of them. The times in my life where I felt the most seen and connected are within those moments of truth speaking and vulnerability. I'm not here to bring you big names, you guys. I'm here to bring you huge topics. And now it's time for us to dig through the mud together. Let's go. Hello, you guys. Welcome to season two of Mudlark. I'm your host, Danny Bolts. How the hell are you? <laughs> I've missed you guys so much. And during this break, I've realized how much I get out of connecting with you guys after launch days. So every time the podcast comes out, we always just have such sweet conversations, either about you connecting with the guests I have on or with topics that I've brought to you through solo episodes. I always have like a really hard time sleeping the night before (laughs) a show launches because I'm just excited and it feels good to have the energy just kind of resurface again. So welcome back to the show. If this is your, I don't know, 33rd time here, welcome back. And if you're brand new, welcome. I'm so happy you are here. Um, I'm really looking forward to sharing today's guest with you all. Today I'm sharing a conversation I had with Madeline Eno uh, about a month or so ago, and it's just so weird to think how different the world was a month or so ago. I mean, I guess it was, yeah, a month and a half. Madeline came over to my house, and we just had the coziest conversation over tea, and Madeline helps creative, mission-driven entrepreneurs remember what they are here to say and discover the most compelling, joyful container in which to say it in her Find Your Golden Thread and book mapping sessions, classes and retreats, clients and students discover the soul and meaning of their stories so they can then confidently write their own books and connect with their tribe and change the world in their own unique way. I am obsessed with the work Madeline is doing in the world. People call her a mix of things from like wordsmith, alchemist, cheerleader, handholder, editor, intuitive guide, and she's all of these things. And I feel lucky enough to call her my friend. Like the second Madeline walked into my home, I just knew I wanted to keep her. Not to sound weird, um, but she just has such a lightness to her that makes me feel safe and at ease and so inspired. I left the conversation wanting to write my own book, and I just can't wait to work with her in that way, that capacity someday in the future. And I just know you're going to love her as much as I do. So before we hop into the show, I just wanted to give you a little heads up on how the structure of season two is going to look. A lot of things are up in the air, but I do know that I'm going to be weaving in a lot more solo episodes along with some incredible interviews that I already have pre-recorded that I just can't wait to share. And honestly, I've been really struggling hard on figuring out the whole online interview situation. And honestly, it kind of feels like it's not meant to be right now, which I've always kind of felt. And I think it's like a mix of things, but I just really love the in-person interviews. I love the sound quality. I love the connection. I like to make the space feel cozy for my guests and it it's just so much easier to connect face to face. So while I am still trying to figure out how to bring you all high quality online interviews, I'm not trying too hard because it feels really forced and frustrating right now. So if you have any topics you'd love for me to discuss through some solo episodes, just send me your ideas over to my email, hello at Danny Bolts or over on Instagram at Danny Bolts and Yeah, I would just love to talk with you. So without further ado, let's move on to my conversation with Madeline Eno. I'll see you on the other side. Slouchy? Do you feel feel like you're slouching? a little like... Like short? (laughs) That's so funny. That's totally what it was, but I didn't mean it to be that way. No, it's great. If there's anyone not to slouch with, it's you. (laughs) That's so funny. Um, So I just love to begin the show with it just simply... I just like to do it in a very simple way of just like, what is your story? And like some people, when I say that, they're like, that's a really like broad question. What do you mean? But I ask because I want to see where you take us. So. Why don't you just tell the listeners, like, what is your name and what is your story? <laughs> okay. Go for it. I'm, I'm Madeline Eno, and my story, let's see. 
Um, I feel like my story is one of learning to match up with my childhood self as an adult. I feel like as a kid, I had it dialed. I, you know, I lived mostly outdoors. I wrote all the time. Mm. I made things and ran in the woods. And I feel like in a funny way, my business is one and my life is one that my nine-year-old self would finally say, oh, there it is. Cool. (laughs) And I feel like the more I can be someone that my nine-year-old self would admire, the better I'm doing. So I think that maybe is one version of my story. (laughs) I love that. It's like that. I mean, I talk about inner child stuff all the time, but like not only like honoring her, but creating a relationship with her. And I love that idea of like your, your younger self looking at you and just admiration. Yeah. And she does. Yeah. (laughs) It's so cool. Yeah. Where, Where were you brought up? Outside of Boston. Oh, okay. So Massachusetts. In the in the country though. In a you know, on a lot of land and oh. you know, had a tree house way, way, way in the woods and had m- my best friend that I would walk. We figured out the way to walk through the woods, but it was about four miles completely <gasps> through the woods and oh we figured my gosh. it out. So it was it was near to Boston, but it was very country. And did you guys have neighbors or were you just Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. it was a neighborhood, but everybody had a lot of land. That's so awesome. it wasn't unlike Yeah. Where we are sitting right now. Yeah, that's <laughs> the best. I, I love that. I mean, we were just talking about like how we live in Montana part time and we are literally in the middle of nowhere, no neighbors yeah. except for family, yeah. which is lovely. But out here, it's so different because there's lots of land and community. Yeah. And that's that's really special. It's it's a beautiful mix when it works right. Yeah. yeah. Just knowing that people are around is a nice thing. Yeah. yeah. And were your parents together growing up? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What was your relationship like with them? Oh, um, I always love to hear that's about a that. Good, no, that's a good one. <laughs> Well, all right. I had um, kind of a strict, uh, tight father and a very wild mother mm. who got arrested a lot, who was an activist, not not arrested for misbehaving. Well, I guess she's arrested for civil disobedience, yeah. so for activism and, mm. you know throwing blood at munitions factories and stuff oh. like that. Blood. Mm. Um, and so they were very contrasting. They were, one, my dad was actually a lawyer and my mom was a breaker of the law in a lot of ways. Wow. So they were an interesting couple. Um, I had a, it, it was in, uh, not an a place I could express myself. So I had a kind of constricted childhood in the house, but I created a lot of things outside the house. Out in the woods. Out in the woods. I had a lot going on out in the woods. So, yeah. And with, did you have siblings growing up? Yeah, in between two boys. Oh, wow. How's your relationship with them? Great. I I like them a lot. (laughs) They're wonderful. (laughs) Good. We were kind of... um, separate as kids there was enough age three 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 years between us but as adults we're really pretty tight so right they're good guys I feel like that is such a common thing with siblings I mean was it when you were younger was it harder like being yeah well there was just not um there there was no unity of you know there was no like family bond so it was kind of we describe it as every man for himself in our yeah. house so is everybody kind of like oh yeah on their on their own alert right yeah. and yeah. how how did that impact just like your relationships do you feel like like growing up in a household where it, it sounds like it was hard to express yourself or it was hard to kind of like connect did that has that been a theme for you like in your life or what has that been oh, like? Oh that's interesting well connection is really really important to me my yeah. friends were always like super important to yeah. me so um, I think it became a huge value and both of my parents were very um, you know they they had their values were strong of valuing reading and um, intellectual people and curiosity so I feel like we got a lot of 
um, modeling, I think, of how to connect in the world it's just that we weren't necessarily doing it within our family <laughs> right it's almost like they what it sounds like is like they were preparing you to get out into the Maybe. world <laughs> yeah. Maybe. yeah yeah it's what it sounds like yeah. and I mean in a lot of ways that's like what our parents are here for yeah, is exactly. to get us ready for that exactly. yeah. yeah it's when I think of because obviously I only have my own experience to like look at that with yeah. or compare that to but it's like I almost felt the opposite in that like I mean, I grew up in an abusive household, but my relationship with my mom, it was very nurturing and we had a deep connection, but I didn't feel like I was getting prepared for the real world. Yeah. And so it was like at almost, yeah, I was 18 when I moved out. I was like, I literally don't know what I'm doing at all. Right. Like I didn't yeah. know how to, I, I mean, I barely graduated high school, but I was like, how do I apply to go to college? How do I yeah. do how do I get in a, how do I get my electric set up? Like right. I was just like, so I, I didn't know how to do anything. all those things. I know. I know there should be such different ways to prepare kids. I felt equally. I felt a little bit like I had been raised by wolves. I think when I got to college, <laughs> yeah. how do you all know these You're things? You're like, what is going on? <laughs> I know. And sort of what people can talk about and not talk like intimacy rules of engagement. I was way off, <laughs> like, <laughs> way far away or ridiculously close yeah you know, I had no gauge of that stuff right so, yeah do you have childhood friends that you have continued to be close with yes oh yes. I love that yeah. like from back in Boston yep yeah okay. yeah some of my closest friends my I was just texting with a friend who we met when we were four. Oh, yeah that's and amazing still tight. yeah I love that yeah. You, you must just living close by. Yeah, 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 yeah for and sure. And mountain, mountain kids mm -hmm. are all cool. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, there's when I think of like the childhood friends that I've had forever. I mean, one of my best friends, business partners who we lead retreats together. We met when I was five years old and she was seven. So oh, we've had that great. connection yeah. forever. And it's eerie. I'm like, ew. Sometimes I'm like, yeah. you knew me when I was like I know. a grimy little right. girl just starting to get really traumatized. Right. <laughs> you know? Right. And they, I'm like, oh God. And something in you saw each other. Yeah. Like that's the part that always is like, God, we recognize each other even then. You I know. know. It's so cool. it gives me goosebumps. Yeah. It's yeah. so weird. So how did you make your way over to the West Coast? Uh, love. I met a guy and um, in the, the short version of the story is I decided, well, he lived in rhododendron and I fell in love with it. So I moved from kind of downtown Boston. I was yeah. working at a magazine then and lived in the city and moved to rhododendron. Oh my, how did you meet someone in rhododendron? By the way, in the this Sierras. The, in the Sierras. <laughs> of course. What the hell? Rhododendron is where I grew up. Oh, In yeah. the town of rhododendron, the yeah. smallest town yes. known to man. Yes. What? And you met in the Sierras? Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> How old were you? Old. Uh, 35? 35. 35 is not old. Well, you know, relatively. I wasn't <laughs> 19. You know, I was not. Yeah, you weren't just like. wasn't a, like, hey, let me just sell everything and move out west. It was sort of beyond uh, that wow. stage. But I still decided to do it. Oh, my and God. And I felt like he was. It didn't work out. Need Perhaps needless to say, those I don't know many of those stories that have like, and now we're married. Like, right. Um, <laughs> Moved across the country funny. and we're still happy. It's like how to break up with someone. Move across the country to be with them. It's like, <laughs> if you ever, if you ever want to break up a long distance relationship, just move in with them. Oh and, um, my God. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, uh, I just felt like he was, I need, I was sort of a, I think I was kind of a West Coast person living in an East Coast life. You feel like a West Coast and person. once I get out here, I was like, oh yeah, I really, and I, when I visited Oregon, I felt like I'd never been to Oregon and, right. and traveled a lot, but never came to the Northwest. And it just felt like, oh my God, something in me just woke up. So the spiritual, and I saw quickly that, oh, here is where my whole spiritual, I'd had my... Oh professional um growth back east and then it was like oh you have this other part of you to grow oh my god and that's gonna happen here that is amazing and that makes so much sense too like going back to your family like kind of being raised in this way of like 
all, all very structured and like you are just going to like you're going to go to college you're going to do these things like in this way it makes sense that career and all of that stuff was like the first thing yeah. That you yeah got into yeah it was yeah and it was you know it was before I think now there's more of a playground for kind of how to be as an adult you know I was it was I didn't have many friends who didn't have like a job locked in right after you know I right. even the most artful creative people were like lock it in <laughs> do your internships and it, it's just changed so much yeah, yeah. it has yeah. changed a lot for yeah. sure so yeah just to back it up what what did you end up going to college for uh, I went to <laughs> I went to college to change my major every semester, <laughs> every I five think. minutes. <laughs> I did. I studied art, and I ended up with a English bachelor's. Nice. Yeah, that's yeah. Same as my husband, yeah. and it, I mean, he loves that. That's what he went to school for. A lot of people are like, "What did I do? Why did I go oh, get an no. English?" It's like. Well, I look back at those days with some love, just reading, just all read, the time. <laughs> I know, take me back. And I just right? read all the time. Right? And how, so you were an English major. And I mean, I wanted to talk to you a lot about the work you're doing in the world. You're an amazing writer. You actually help other people write their books. And I want to see, I mean, that sounds like that was something you were very interested in, like going to college. For yeah. That. Yeah. Although I never, one of my things was I never trusted the writing part I always thought that was just like it will be somehow involved with what I do but I couldn't be that like I never got that that could actually be a thing right on its own so I danced around <laughs> I just danced around writing and I got good feedback on my writing but I yeah. never in my soul trusted that that was a path to follow right. so it took took a long time and I even worked in magazines and still thought yeah. I was like a designer I'm not really over the writer and oh I interesting finally had an editor who was like you know I think you're really a writer yeah I, like, I think you need to write a story so I did a story I worked at an outdoor magazine and I remember I took on a story of um hiking with your dog like how to hike well with your dog and oh. um, yeah and I suddenly and then I just turned it I switched it and I was like okay I'm gonna follow this and just see where it goes but it still took a long time yeah and it sounds like I mean it. even this morning when I was like looking through your bio and all these things it sounds like even if in fourth grade you said something about like since the surprising day her report on seal seal killing made her fourth grade <laughs> teacher cry it's like you've always known that there is this writer inside of you this this creative person inside of you, but it can be really scary to like be in that vulnerable creative space. Yeah. And it's trusting. I was also just like brought up in the, uh, I think the value on service, like yeah. serving people and clients, you know, my dad had clients and I, I always remember my, someone asked my, brother what he wanted to do when he grew up and yeah. he said I want to be a client because they <laughs> are treated so well because we would all have to be quiet when oh. clients came over and they had glasses of wine brought into them you're like I want to be a client when client. I grow up so I've I never I thought it was for other people's things right and that's what I can do and that's kind of safe too so oh. I can help other people do their thing so yeah mm. it's 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 tricky to turn the spotlight on yourself as Absolutely. you know says yeah. the leo right right it, sort of yeah i mean you're an astrologer failed leo <laughs> <laughs> leo fail <laughs> in that in that aspect yeah, yeah. i mean you you have you always geeked out over astrology yes. too okay yes. i love that about you so much because it's kind of newer to me like the last couple of years but it's like like right when you got here, I was like, are you an Aquarius? You're like, no, but I feel like one. <laughs> but Leo's like, I mean, they're kind of notorious for like, I mean, spotlight, like they really thrive in the spotlight and they do really well in that arena. And it's almost like your Capricorn moon is like so businessy and the rise rising, like yeah. very businessy. And so we be, we be in business. Yeah, right? <laughs> for sure. My entire life. <laughs> it's ridiculous. It hurts so bad. So you wrote that article for the outdoor magazine. It was a magazine. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And did you get good feedback on that? I did. And then I eventually just be became editor of that magazine and we got to assign ourselves stories. So we would, 
just assign ourselves the most fun, wild stories of like oh. winter camping. Let's <gasps> go on a winter camping adventure. And we were, the whole magazine was dedicated to the Northeast outdoors. So it's all New Hampshire, Maine, down South too. But we focused a lot on being up, up in New Hampshire and Maine mm. and Vermont. So just got to explore and write for several years that which was a lot of fun dreamy it was really a great job and yeah. it's I love it because it's kind of like just merging that creative you and that nature girl mm-hmm. completely yeah I mean no, you grew up like in the woods dialed. yeah yeah no I was oh. happy as a clam yeah and what, what did you do after that um so I moved out here and I kept working for the magazine uh, from afar um and then started doing a little bit of everything because I had sort of been career driven. And I was like, now that I'm in my late 30s, now I can be a bartender. And yeah. I taught yoga and I taught writing and I taught kids art at the Aww, school right there. Right. And um, literally the school that's like less than a mile from us. Yeah. It's yeah. Crazy. <laughs> yeah. Um, So a little bit of everything, but then I found the common thread was writing through everything. No matter what I was doing, I was writing something. Writing for people. Storytelling. Yeah, helping people at the bar, scribbling things on napkins that they could use. And (laughs) I was all, and I suddenly thought, okay, if, if I had to, you know, if, essentialism is important you can't I don't think you it's fun to do everything but I don't know how sustainable it wasn't very sustainable to me I realized when I got stopped for speeding on the way to teach yoga once it was like something's not working right yeah like racing from thing to thing to thing totally are you I, explaining I think you know me <laughs> holy <laughs> shit that was like eerie I'm like are you talking about me right now well it's and it's so much fun to have a a it's you know, so the cobble together all the pieces, but it was, I was trying to like, okay, if I simplify this, what can I draw out? And that's when I decided to yes. start my own business. I, yeah. I love that so much. And it is very aligned with kind of like shifts in my life right now. I feel like every interview there's always like, it creeps me out how it's like, there's always something shifting in my life that is reflective of like what you're talking about. Oh yeah. But like, Isn't even cool? with, it's so cool. It freaks me out. But like, it's kind of like right now it's finding the center line that really ties all of these things that I do together and literally letting go of anything that's not a hundred percent sticking and yoga has been a huge thing for me of like release which we'll talk about I'm sure yeah Um, because we both share our love for yoga that's really how we met right was it in one of my classes yeah 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 freaking love that yeah it is the best (laughs) so where where'd you bartend first off most oh, importantly, where cool were you? Bar- place. I don't know if you <laughs> were here when that place was there. Down in Troutdale, there was a cool uh, brew pub called the Liberator. Oh no! And it's where there's like a wedding facility just beyond. I know, out, right where that out, is. Yeah, it was that building, okay. and it was the coolest, coolest place. So oh. it was only like two or three years or something in okay. there. Okay. So much fun. Yeah, yeah I bartending loved it. is fun, and it was bartending where in a brew pub so it can't be easier like yeah. it was no like oh you're right. figuring out what a you know what an eagle in the beach drink is <laughs> yeah. or something like no just it's foreign just beer <laughs> three types of beer that's awesome <laughs> it was great and so it sounds like the relationship that actually brought you to Oregon that ended mm-hmm. did it end pretty quick yes <laughs> you're like yes lightning speed yes it's amazing <laughs> and yeah. you're you're married now yeah. how did you get from that relationship to the one that you're in today um, and then we'll get into like your work in through, the world. Oh, no, this is <laughs> yeah. where it's all at. Yeah, yeah. right. Um, through, uh, had one more big kind of relationship for me, and uh, after that person, the or, the getting to Oregon person, and then one more sort of biggie that really, really was a heartbreaker and mm. made me think. All right. <laughs> what, Oregon, what is haunted. Choosing, Oregon is really bringing me to my knees in so many ways and I think it was all good like all heartbreak just rings you out and such and an breaks amazing you oh my god what I, you feel I know when you have a broken heart is like you're <sighs> this giant receptor for every nuanced emotion in the world of other people and it's I think it's great however it 
there's nothing more unbearable of I was just there's a woman I'm in a mastermind with who just had a is just uh just had her heart broken and and she's just in it and I was like there's nothing I can say you're like how great this holds you (laughs) yeah but I know it's the path of the broken heart is a really really beautiful path but all to say all right get out of my sad path of the broken heart um I decided that all right I can't choose on my own ever again so I wanted to just go online and see who I would be matched with just to clean my own energy up and just I was just going to use it to kind of um recalibrate yeah, and kind of put it into someone else's hands <laughs> yeah for a second. I can't if I choose again I am going to go down if yeah. I go through this again I don't know if I'll come out yeah no um, kidding so I met the one of the first people I met was John and uh, we got married a year later and oh. it was so easy and, and Pisces. Uh, yeah. yeah. Love a Pisces. Like easy Pisces. <laughs> yeah. That's beautiful. And how, so that heartbreak, I mean, Jesus, like as you were talking about it, like I've had one major, major heartbreak and it, like you, it lives inside of you. It does. And it's, it's forever a part of who you are. Yes. Isn't it crazy? Yes. It's amazing. It is amazing. It's amazing that we can survive it. And it is amazing that we can feel that strongly. You I know? know. It's it's true. My best friend that we just went and visited in Boise, that we've gone through our heartbreaks alongside each other for the most part. Yeah. And I mean, she says it all the time. She's like, it is better to feel mm-hmm. this than to not feel. And so many people, I mean just as a protective mechanism or self whatever self-protection yeah Yeah. will literally numb out to those feelings and it's like I can't there's something there that just like tears me open and I'm like no one else feels this but it sounds like you do oh yeah no it's and it really what's amazing just as a word person it really your heart does break I've had it really feels like Something broken. in your chest has broken in Literally. half, and there's, it's that what's going on in there? Strong, right? What is, is it? That how uh, primally we're attached to our bodies that we try and make everything up here, but it's really like here that Absolutely. we need to pay attention to. So yeah. I think it's a fascinating it is. thing, but again, not to talk about with someone who's in a broken heart. It's after. After yeah. the healing happens, you can talk about it. And it's almost like, hang on. That's like yeah. all you can say. It's yep. like, hang on tight because holy shit, you have no idea what's coming. Yeah. It's so true. Yeah. And were you still feeling pretty busted when you met your husband? I got kind of, I had to have a physical, in in this whole evolution, I kind of had a physical breakdown. So I was kind of physically sick when I met him. Yeah. Which is, I'm sure, just part of it. So I was just kind of putting together all the pieces when I met him, and he was willing to um, help with that. Yeah, <laughs> he was. He was an angel, very much so. Those yes. are our people when they yeah. can sit with us in that hardness. And there's like, I, my husband and I talk about it all the time. But it's like we met at my rock bottom, and he was there. And I'm like, oh, you get me forever because you are here for me in this. Yeah, you know, it's like just I don't know if you ever said this to your husband, but like, I'll say like, I'm just gonna keep getting better. Like I'm right. still healing. <laughs> like holy shit, yeah. wait, wait five years, you won't even be able to stand like how amazing I am because <laughs> it's just like, yeah, that brokenness. It's it's so hard. And he probably sees you as equally amazing in either place you know I I think that's the thing yeah so nuts do you feel more creative during heartbreak or how do you feel oh or do you feel like it cracks you open to a deeper level of creativity probably I don't know that if I'm more productive just because (laughs) all I was doing was calling people at three in the morning can you talk to me (laughs) like I didn't pour it into that that one I probably have in the past, but yeah. that and that was a while ago now. It's been twelve or thirteen years. Um, so that's such a good question. I think potentially yes. For yeah. me, I surviving was a little more 
front and center from creating. I think I create as a happy person much better. Yeah. Like, I love creating I, from happiness. There's, <laughs> it's almost like, like there's like the depressed poet or la- and right. they, they're the drinking. Yeah. <laughs> like, and yeah. like, they can just be this amazing, like creative vessel, but I'm with you. Like I have to be pretty like manic and like happy and good to yeah. be creating. Yeah. I, I feel like, I mean, maybe someone could say that's not true, but like, Well, I think you can still go there. I think that's the thing. And that's the thing with clients is like you can be and actually the narrator who's healed. It's very interesting because they if they allow themselves to go there in their writing from a place where like, look, I've survived. It's much more interesting to read from someone who's revisiting and re-embodying the trauma of the past then not interesting it's much more uh uh whole I think to read from the healed narrator who's revisiting the pain versus someone writing in the pain it's a really intense right if you read that writing from it's why teenage poet <laughs> I think it's why teenage poetry is a little <laughs> yeah a little rough to read yeah I mean I oh my god you even saying that like everything you're saying I'm like really like traumatized by myself because I think of blog posts that I because I used to blog I blogged oh, I began blogging when so I was so brave but it was I think I was 19 or 20 and I was a total fucking shit show and I would it was my diary and so I'm like awesome though but I know but it's like now I can I'm with you in that writing from that healed place I feel like you can offer the world so many more tools but there also is there is magic in that just humanness Mm -hmm. of being in your truth and pain absolutely so Absolutely. it's kind of like finding a balance. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know yeah. what it is, but I think that's what you help people do. Well, yeah. Now I'm working more with people. And just personally speaking, I, I'm i more... Uh, when I can see the, un, the starting to ravel back together of the tangle versus just the tangle, it's a little easier for me to be creative and write. I think I want to more write about like, what do we do with all this yeah. than this? <laughs> right. You know, so I I think for me that's that's the truth. Yeah. But yeah, I just I generally help people who are wanting to share what they've learned and most of them who have a pretty, pretty intense story that yeah. goes along with it. So it's allowing yourself to travel back. Absolutely. And embody it. It's Giving not yourself easy. space to travel back to that. Uh-huh. And yeah. is this for people who are specifically wanting to write books? Mostly. I didn't start out that way, but yeah. now I've switched to almost all my businesses books with it's people. Amazing. Yeah. So they're healers, coaches, teachers. Um they've mastered something. They're they've got an expertise and they generally speaking weave their story and with whatever they're teaching. Right. My brain's already spinning, you know, the Capricorn in me. I'm like, I want to write a book. Yeah. And Capricorns it's just like, are great at book writing. Are they're they? really good. Oh, they can, wow. Like, because they can see the, what it takes. Capricorns can see, Oh, if I need to do this first, this first, this first. Yeah. This first. They create that really certainly good is how my brain works. Yeah. Yeah. That's no, so Capricorns interesting. are excellent. For so books. you help people, write their stories you help people find space to go back and really just connect the pieces and share their story in an impactful way how do people like find you how how did you build your business sorry oh, that's a lot of questions all yeah no, no I just want to hear everything I'm so yeah. interested in yeah um mostly through referrals but I'm I speak and teach so I'll find clients that way um yeah, mostly through referrals. And there's so many people that want to write a book. So yeah. um, it's a different process than... So I, I tend to attract the people who really want to do some healing as they're writing their book and start to... Um, I think we learn what we're here to say as we're writing. So it's not like the book in a weekend kind of program that let's just write a business card book. We'll do it a formula. Let's just get it out there. That's, that's fine. But that's not my thing. I'm more into like, let's really, really dive into the story. And yeah, 
we touch the universal when we dive into the specific stories. So right. what is that universal thing we're, we're reaching for in this book? So oh. it's a lot of those kind of questions. I love that. So it sounds so therapeutic, like the whole process. It's, I, it's, it, it, yeah. And again, I would have never set out to think of it that way, but I think yeah. it's like, what are we really here to express? Like everybody mm-hmm. here is, um, has something that they came here to express so we do a little bit of reverse engineering if you were the person who was here to express um you know how to have power on working on a book right now with um a woman who's had a really interesting relationship with power all her life and power over being overpowered by others and then finding the power inside herself but if she was here to teach that in the world what would have had to happen to her to be that teacher and then it starts to make sense like what are the stories to share and wow um, it it also helps you make more sense of your own story understanding yourself if I was meant to be this person that kind of had to happen right yeah Oh, that is so profound. I love that. That gets me so excited. I want to work with you. Oh, yeah. It just, <laughs> it's great. Yeah. You're like, come on. No, it just sounds amazing. And you lead retreats, don't you? I do. I want yep. to hear about those retreats. And because I imagine it's connected to all of this, your stories. and Yeah, it yeah. is. So um, the one I'm doing late, I've done a different kinds kind of over the years, but the latest iteration of it is book mapping retreats so it's a group we just did it's book mapping at the beach so it's in manzanita um dreamy (laughs) it's nice and there's a bookstore there which is important oh you know i like there's a field trip (laughs) um but uh yeah it's just i really feel like what is between us if people really have a burning desire to write a book and plenty of people don't and it's great if you really do have a burning desire to write a book, you really, your best friend is time and space and we never take time and space. And if you just, so if you can kind of give over three days to really, really feeling into what that book is and start to kind of give it shape in three Mm. days, you are so much more fueled to write the book because there's structure of some kind when yeah. there's when it's just blank you're like where the fuck do I start yeah that's how I, f- I totally feel. like it's like oh yeah it's like I always describe it as I'm like dear diary into... I don't know oh, yeah and that's a great way to start <laughs> is it a letter to or a letter to someone is a great way to start oh a book. Yeah. wow yeah. I love that yeah. and so your retreat you've done many of them right I haven't I've only we've I just had the inaugural book mapping at the beach and I've got another one coming up in May oh my god um, I think yeah. well let's see I think the center view, is it already full? My retreat? No. Okay. They'll still be, I'm just getting it going. Okay, cool. So I think this will come out before that. Okay. So we can link it in the show notes. That would be really cool. Okay. And um, what else is in your retreat? What else do you do? Well, all right. So in this retreat, um, we eat and sleep and get outside because those things are also very important. Yeah. And it's very important to me that everybody has their own room mm. and doesn't dissolve into, um, I think we can splinter our ideas. So I really, the yeah. whole Capricorn container thing is really <laughs> evident. <laughs> so I really like to keep a little protected container. And so that you enter on the first night and it's like you're, you're building your book energetically as you're there. So we, we do, oh my God, we do tarot cards. We do some early morning, you know, pre-dawn meditation. Everything's kind of geared to, we went last time and there was a beautiful starry night. We went out and just lay on the beach in the night and watch the stars. Can't guarantee that will happen again (laughs) in in Oregon. Oregon. (laughs) Yeah. Um, that so everything, so to, but everything in service to you and your book. And mm. really, I really like to, I do book mapping one-to-one. So those can be one day or two day too. And the same principles hold for that is that the more you can own it and start to get some traction in it. And we, we they, they do walk away with an actual book map of, which is a pretty fleshed out outline and, um, 
kind of your mission for your book and what the book is going to feel like yeah. and potentially a title. I think everybody at the last one came up with their title. Oh. So um, I like a lot of practical things yeah. as well as a lot of space to dream and right. report on your dreams and oh. imagine into it. So it's kind of a mix of those It two sounds things. so juicy. And I just love how it's such a mix of like, structure and like dreaminess because those are that's like my perfect any situation it's like oh. I love structure I love having like it's the Capricorn yeah. but then I also just love ethereal I love doing tarot I love yeah. doing all of the things that like really help you connect your intuition yes. and that dream space and that sounds like exactly what you're doing yeah I think those things are powerful and I just we don't I think a lot of times people go into a book very outlining and they which is fine and that can totally get them through it but I feel like they don't own it or really embody it and it's harder harder to tap into that um drive because it, it really is sustaining a lot of energy to write a book it's yeah. not for the faint, faint of, heart. of heart at all <laughs> yeah it's, it's and it builds your heart but uh yeah so I've you know these are just things that over time have served to work with the people that I've worked with one-to-one. -one. So then I was right. like, well, maybe it can work as a group. And then everybody's giving feedback to each other. So that helps. Right. Yeah. And you've written books. I've written, I've ghostwritten books. I've written a book on Outward Bound. And I am almost done with a book about writing. What, so Can you talk about that book? Are you yeah. open to talk about yeah. it? Yeah. No, I'm going off this weekend to hopefully get draft one all complete Aww. and taking myself away for three days. Oh, yeah. alone just to go by yourself? Alone to a writer's retreat in oh. Doofer. Oh, my places. God. <laughs> going to Doofer. I'm going to Doofer to <laughs> do right? You're like, don't ask. <laughs> yeah. That'll be great. So, um, yeah, talk about that book. Yeah, exciting. well, it's uh, so anyhow. Well, as you know, in the business world, we're so encouraged to share stories and mm -hmm. it's the storytelling economy and stories are the sexy thing mm -hmm. but there's not much guidance in how to tell stories mm -hmm. and there's not many interesting ways in there's sort of like the categories of rags to riches stories and things mm -hmm. like that and you know I lost 500 pounds and now I want to help you this was me before and now this is me after and there's <laughs> that kind of brand of storytelling but I feel like when we um, discover our own lens and you are such a good example of this because I can the way I can kind of tell when someone has really polished their own storytelling lens is I can kind of see your posts even the re read a line and just know that it's you even if I'm not consciously if I'm scrolling oh I'll know that it's Danny's post oh that feels good your lens is that clear um so thank you once you know your lens like everything is a story and that's what makes everything. it so cool and then you find lessons just like in the dog the way the dog's lying on the porch yeah or with the um it's, sorry <laughs> you're just beating your head against the microphone i, I do it all I'm the trying time to, you're trying to find I'm the stories to find a story out on the porch and i'm knocking my head against the <laughs> microphone which is probably a story in itself don't struggle so hard to find the story um so but once we have that lens like yeah you could you know something happened to me on the way over here that becomes part of my body of work mm. and so this book is a an abc's of 26 <laughs> uh tools to kind of dive into your own story and like oh, ideas so it's kind of a whimsical storytelling so book. excited for this book oh thanks oh it's my. kind of fun so it's like a is for alchemy b is for bragging and it's like different. oh 26 it's 26 cute yeah. okay yeah. so it's an alf that. alphabet book that's so smart grown-up writers <gasps> stop that is amazing <laughs> did someone help you like or is this just your own process like, well that's the container so like okay. once you come up with a container it makes it a whole lot easier and more fun and more fun to read when yeah. your container is really clear so Capricorn wise 
so the Leo, you know, Leo's like, what do you want to express? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. You're here to express, just express. But then the Capricorn is like, wait, (laughs) we need a great, we need the right bowl. Yeah. We need the perfect bowl for the salad or else it's not going to work. Yeah. Um, So coming up with that container and it's just, it makes or breaks a book and it makes the reading experience so much more delightful when the container is clear. Like I always use the Eat, Pray, Love as an example. It's 108 little beads. Mm. (laughs) It's just 108 scenes broken into four parts. Mm. But that um, container is really, really helpful. Yeah. Um, So, yeah. That is so interesting. I'm really, do you know when the book's coming out? Oh, when, as soon as it's done, I'm just going to publish it myself. Self-publish. Yeah. So as soon as it's done. Do you help people figure out that whole shit? (laughs) Yeah. And it's really interesting these days. Yeah. Yeah. I have, and I, I work with some clients I'm working with three people now and we've finished the manuscript and they are dead set on having a traditional publisher and not everybody is. So it's just pitching 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 it's agents all the publishers to agents no you don't even pitch directly to publishers anymore you need and then the agent agent goes to Mm -hmm. the different publishers so you have Mm -hmm. to hire an agent Mm -hmm. and then they and they often will just work on a cut okay so you're not outright hiring them um interesting that's nice it's yeah and different agents have different philosophies of that but so it's a really different thing because it's it's such a big topic and I'm not an expert in that at all. I've just been right. trying to ramp up to help people. Right. Um, when I think of I, writing a book, I'm just like, because I just think of all that. Sorry, I keep dr- like dry heaving on the microphone, but it's like, <laughs> I lit- that's what goes through my mind. I'm like, that seems so scary or like so big. I don't know. And it's, you know, we live in a world where we can publish really fast, really easily, potentially make more money yeah. and not wait. You know, even if an agent loves you, and sells the book. It's a year and a half to two years before the book is out. Right. So you could finish your manuscript and have your book in two or three weeks ready to sell. Right. And if you have a lot of if you have a lot of friends and a big platform, absolutely you could do potentially much better yeah. than your advance. Have you ever thought of starting a podcast? A podcast? Yeah. I haven't. I've actually, well, you know what? I have thought, sorry. It's okay. She's this smacking is why her face I against the microphone well, again. I've, I've ruled myself out from doing podcasts because I lunge toward the microphone. <laughs> you get excited and you're like, smack. <laughs> Headbanger. Um, I would love to interview all my authors because they're so interesting. Yeah, that, that's what I think I'm that saying. would be really fun. That's a great idea. I haven't thought of doing it as a podcast, but just have author interviews available because they're exactly and I mean just all of the stuff about your book I mean I just see podcast I just love it because it's such you just touch so many different people around the world I mean we have listeners from the east coast that I don't know I don't Mm. know who they are but it just seems like such a neat time because people want to hear your voice I mean as much as people love to read obviously people still read books but I just think it could be I could see it great idea yeah I could I could see it yeah (laughs) well yeah so I've thought about it and just wow I love these topics yeah yeah so and same I mean that's like the reason I started a podcast it's like I just have so many amazing conversations with my friends and just people in general because I love meeting strangers and getting to know them I'm like other people should hear these conversations so think about it think about it 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 could be so cool for you I could totally see that um I want to hear a just a little little bit more um before we go into kind of our wrap-up questions but what is like when it comes to the work you're doing in the world, do you feel like it's checking all of the boxes for your soul? Like you kind of started saying like my, like the inner child, my younger self is stoked right now on everything I'm doing. Is there anything that you feel like there's like a yearning for? Such a good question. Um, yeah, I suppose there always is. I love, um, moving, (laughs) And I sit, I, you know, I 
pop in yoga and running and hiking as much as I can, but I sit so much. So that on sort of a practical level, yeah, if there was more movement in my work, um, yeah, there's a lot of sitting. Mm. Um, so that that's a less personal answer, but let me see. No, I love that. Um, well, my own writing is where, and that's why I'm going away this weekend just to restart that. It's really easy for me in the, in this old service model. Um, and nothing is wrong with being of service, of course, but I can, if I have clients waiting for things, I, my own work goes back burner. So back. So, you know, burner, <laughs> you're like the way, burner, way, outside, way back burner outside the house, <laughs> the neighbor's burner. Um, yeah. So I think it's, I would say moving more and my own writing would mm. make my soul pretty complete. I love that. Are you like, I'm like, well, what are you going to have Capricorn? I'm like, all right, well, what steps are we going to take to make that happen? <laughs> yeah. I mean, do you think about that? Like how you can just start incorporating more of that? Yeah. 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 And, and I've, you know, it's, those are my always things like yeah. if you had asked me three years ago <laughs> i'd be like moving like, more and writing more, more. <laughs> writing more um so yeah little bits yeah. yeah i've and i've just finished ghostwriting a big book so i this week has been sort of moving and writing so more go ghostwriting <laughs> is just that is where you write someone else's book for them yeah yeah. That is an interesting In their thing. voice, yeah. And so you get to know them? Very well, yeah. Wow. Yeah, you really, re yeah, you would, like, you ask great questions. So you would just do conversations like this, record them, transcribe them, and then work from that Holy matter. shit. That's really like fun. A, yeah. And, I mean, you are a character. Yeah. When you're writing it, really. Like, right? Like, because you're them. So in a way, it's you're almost like. You're in them. You're in their interesting sense of humor and there I'm more I wrote a book this last one was for um a beautiful beautiful woman who's just an, an amazing person in all respects but it was her her memoir of manifesting she's a mm. master manifester so it's kind of a book about manifesting and um among other things but she's English is her second language and she has a very curious way of speaking and mm. I wanted to preserve that. Yeah. Kind of, but not in a self-conscious way. So that was a very interesting <laughs> yeah. task and I think we did it. So, oh, yeah, that, but that just finished up. That's amazing. It was oh my fun. God. Sorry, we have 7,000 dogs running around outside right now, barking, going crazy. <laughs> <laughs> that is every interview. You'll hear a dog. It's good. Good, good yeah. luck for interviews. Yeah, it is. <laughs> well, that's really cool. Um, Yeah, I don't, I haven't ever even really, I mean, I've heard of ghostwriting, obviously, but I just, I love thinking of that as like, you have to get to know that person so well because you are portraying something from them. Yeah. Yeah. And the beauty of um, all those. I'm so grateful now for Sonics and all those robot transcription things that are instantaneous. Mm. It's, it's one more way robots are helping make our life easier. Oh I God. use, you can send off a five hour interview and it's back in like, 15 minutes what do you mean you send the interview and then it transcribes you send, yeah it? you could send these podcasts shut the frick and up. have a transcription in minutes no. for a couple bucks it's no. crazy did you you just changed my life yeah that's it changed my life because i would transcribe them myself i would listen to literally eight to ten hours of recording that is like the typing. hardest part of my job that is the hardest part of my job. I'll send you a link. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. She will send me a link and then I will put it in the show notes because other podcasters listen to this and we all need this. I it's feel so like. great. It's changed Whoa. my life. My and heart's palpitating. Yeah. It's crazy. It's, you know, it's taking good, honest transcribers, hardworking transcribers right out of business. But <laughs> can it go like back and forth? Like it shows like you talking and then it would show yeah. me talking. Yeah. Shut up. Yeah. Oh, my God. And it's a little trickier when, like, our voices might sound a little cadence-wise. Yeah. But it breaks it. Wow. So you could know who was saying what. <laughs> I'm yeah. just really excited. It's great. No, That's it incredible. changed my life. No, it, I'm not here really to talk about apps or no, it's great. robots. Yeah, but... this, is not, this is not sponsored. Um, no, but, but that one was a super game changer for this oh. world of... of uh, 
writing for someone else. Yeah. Oh, well, that's so cool. Um, so some wrap up questions that I've just been asking every guest, but then I actually, this came to me before you got here. This is, this is on the second season and I'm kind of changing things up, but I've been wanting to ask questions of like things that are kind of like haunting me in the moment and wanting to see how you feel about this. Oh yeah. Uh, so this will be fun. Um, I think it will be. What keeps you up at night? Like in kind of a stressful, like mind spinning kind of way. Yeah. Um, Unmade art or yearnings, creative yearnings undone. Mm. And like of your own. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um, I must say that not much, I'm just a ridiculous sleeper. So not much keeps me up at night. It's my one, it's my You're strongest like practically- skill set. <laughs> it's like my number one thing. Is my so you sleeping. were the wrong person to ask this question too. No, I'm <laughs> but, just kidding. <laughs> and uh, we have a little grandbaby now. My husband's daughter had a little baby oh, recently. Fun. And thinking about her life sometimes, and it's not, it's wanting to make it better, right? It's, right. And sometimes a worry, well, you know, that the amazing ability of the mind to just panic in the middle of the night is just uncanny. It's like, how does that serve our evolution? I've often wondered that. I know. Why wouldn't our mind naturally go to lovely, soothing thoughts at night? Why does it go to, oh my God. (laughs) I know. Why did I say that? (laughs) I'm going to die. I know. Did I send that email to the wrong person? (laughs) I know. Oh my God. It's crazy. What do you do then to like, and I'll I'll give you like glimpse into like why I couldn't sleep last night for two hours. But um, like, what do you do to just find peace in those moments when you are just having a hard time sleeping and you're, which doesn't sound like it happens very often. Well, yeah. Well, and if it, if I am, it'll be because I'm jacked up (laughs) with needless worry. Yeah. Um, um, we have a hot tub that helps in the middle of the night. Oh, great. I'll come um, over there. I'll yeah. go stop <laughs> in your hot tub. You, you're making a bathhouse. That's Maybe true. You yeah, have a we, bath. we have a bath now. Yeah. That's right. That's yeah. what I'll do. That helps. Yeah. Soaking the body. Mm-hmm. Um, meditating. The kind of prayer that's like a begging prayer. Please just... <laughs> take this from me, take this from me, like the begging type of prayer. You just gave me goosebumps because I am not a religious person. I'm a spiritual person. I told my husband this morning, I said, I was laying in bed with my hand on my heart last night saying, please take this from me. I was saying that. I don't know where the fuck it came from. so funny. But I was saying that. I was like, please take this from me. And I told him, I was like, it was weird. It was like I was talking to God or something, but I don't even know if I believe in God. (laughs) But I was so funny. That's weird. I was saying those words in my mind and I felt better. Interesting. It does feel better. Yeah. I feel like take it. Yeah. Whoa. I think those times of, um, it's funny because that phrase isn't my phrase, but it came into my head as I was looking into your eyes. So I said, Whoa. Please take this from me. That just gave I'm me- going to remember that phrase. <laughs> I have goosebumps everywhere. I, I've never Ooh. said that before. Ooh. Yeah. I've Ooh. never said that. And I was just like laying there and I basically what happened? Can I share yeah. like where my mind was yeah. spinning? Um, so what keeps me up at night? Like, this is, like, the main thing in my life. Like, I can shut work off. I can shut, um, I can shut a lot of things off because I'm like you. I'm a fat baby sleeper. Like, I sleep well. But what keeps me up at night is knowing that I'm being misunderstood by somebody. Oh, yeah. Like, it makes me physically ill. It makes me sick. And I don't need to get into, like, the details of the situation. But basically, I... I know for a fact that I just, I, I hurt someone's feelings. This was like months ago. I triggered someone by just speaking my truth and saying, hey, I set a boundary basically with someone. I said, hey, this is my boundary. And they got their feelings super fucking hurt and like ghosted out. Mm. And I just didn't really talk to them again. And so they came back and kind of did. They took an angle coming back into my life through a way that was just really silly and jabby. But I know for a fact that I am being misunderstood in this situation, Mm. but there's no space for me to share that with that human, you know? So it's just like in those moments, I think we just figured it out. It's like whoever we like, whether we're spiritual or religious or whatever, just try to fucking offer it up because I instantly felt lighter and I was able to feel like 
compassion towards her even though I'm still I have waves of like what is wrong with like don't be a little girl like let's just talk about this and whatever but it's like I think when we can offer it up there is a great chance that it can be taken from us and we can be unburdened yeah some yeah yeah Absolutely. Yeah, that's a big one. Being it was misunderstood by someone. Yeah, I mean, I did, you might have read it. I did a post on Instagram the other day and I'm like, the shit that keeps me up is someone feeling like I like do not care about them or that I'm being like spiteful or that I'm just doing something manipulative when I'm not like that shit fucking freaks me out. I'm like, no. I would never do that. But then when someone like makes that story up in their mind and they're glued to it, I'm like, I can't even know. So, but this is the first time ever where some, a situation has happened where I did not let it. I mean, I let it for a few minutes, but I didn't let it determine my worth. And Mm -hmm. I didn't question. I mean, I did once I said to my husband, I'm like, am I a bad person? Like, what is there something I'm not seeing? He's like, no. And, but after that, I like was able to just give myself a lot of love, but I was like, Oh oh my God. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. And amazing as conscious people who can still go through that is incredible. So you think of what it was like before all this work, Mm -hmm. (laughs) all the stories and all the reactions and all the drinking (laughs) because you couldn't handle any of those feelings right absolutely (laughs) yeah Yeah. exactly it's like and for me it was like numbing out with sex or whatever when I was younger like I would just like anytime a situation would come up and there'd be a miscommunication that's what I would jump to I was like who can I have sex with (laughs) like right now I need to numb out immediately and now it's just like and I I love my husband so much we were like laying in bed and I was like hand on my heart I'm like Jesus Christ, take this from me. And he, what did he say? He was like, oh, he's like, oh, I said I was sad. I was like, I just feel really sad. And he's like, and that's okay to feel. Because I'm an Enneagram 7. I'm always, do you know your Enneagram? 7. You're a 7? Yes. Oh my God. Oh, I love that. That makes so much sense. But it's like my biggest fear is like feeling sad because Mm -hmm. I grew up feeling really sad. And so like anytime those feelings come, I'm like, Let's find the brightness. Let's find the light. Right. Oh my God, right. where's like the joy? And right. he's like, it's okay to feel that. That's a valid feeling. And so that's when I was like, hand on the heart, please take this from me. I was sitting and soaking in my sadness and yeah. my my frustration. I'm like, just let it burn off. Yeah. <laughs> please. And then I woke up feeling way better. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, a great intention to let it burn off because it is like you got to let it burn off. Boiling in oil sometimes those yes. feelings. Yes, ever my old one of my old friends from childhood describes those feelings as oh. broiling in oil, and I was like, it is like that. But you know that something's happening when yes. you're broiling in the oil. Something transformational Absolute, is happening. Exactly. But oi, yeah, yeah, I woke not up an easy feeling. Path. Yeah, it is not an easy path, and it's like I think what I struggle with is I I just want. I hold people to their highest good and their highest potential. That's who I am. And so when I see like this person who was in my life, who poked in yesterday, um, it was like, I know that she has to go on this path. She's kind of in it. She's like a toe in it. Yeah. But to like fully, I have to let her go through all of that. It's not my job to teach her that, you know? So it's just kind of hard to not like force my own like knowing from my experiences because she's way younger than me yeah. and I'm young, but it's just like, oh, she has to go through it. Yeah. And it's going to, and you knock people down when you're growing up. I did it through my early twenties. I, yeah. I messed up. It's kind of mandatory, right? Yeah. yeah. And so I'm just like, just let it, <laughs> just mm. let it. Anyway, thank you for that therapy <laughs> session. Um, <laughs> I have two more questions for you. What is the biggest challenge in your life right now? Um, oh, I think, well, I think, um, broken record. Well, oh, okay. Two, one global, my biggest challenge is navigating our world and conversations in our world. That's one of my biggest, you know, having healthy conversations with all the different people in my world. Um, in our times that are complex <laughs> um, right. and this personal work really knowing how 
important that personal work is and honoring the time for that. Mm -hmm. I love that. And what are you most proud of about who you are? Oh, I had to answer this the other day. And I was like, I sim maybe similar to you, like how far I've come from a pretty unhealed person, like the time and energy put into that. Sometimes I think about yeah. Yeah. Riding my 10 speed bike to therapy as a young person. Like yes. Coming up with the money myself. Yeah, exactly. And biking there. Oh my God. I <laughs> and know. I, I was like, I have been so dogged with my own healing. So I think that as I look back. Yeah. I absolutely relate to that. And it's like, holy shit. I mean, I say it all the time. I'm like, if I can love my life and enjoy who I am any fucking person in the world can because (laughs) I was a monster a rotten little monster so yeah Yeah. it's just it is amazing what's possible so I think that possibility piece yeah something to be really proud of yeah absolutely and where can the listeners connect with you well my website will still direct I will hopefully have a whole new uh, shtick. Yeah, because you're rebranding right uh, now. Yeah, it's going to be a different name, but in yeah. the right place will take you there. W R I T E in the right place dot com. Okay, great. And are you on social media? Yep, Madeline Eno. Okay. Sometimes with a period, sometimes with a dash, but I'm the only, usually the only Madeline Eno yeah. <laughs> anywhere. <laughs> yeah, it's such a unique name, and I'll have all of that linked in the show notes. Um, but thank you so much for coming on to Mudlark. I'm so excited to share everyone with you, and or share you with everybody. And I'm just really grateful we got to get to know each other. Me too. This was a <laughs> delightful morning. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thank you guys so much as always for listening. And if you have not yet rated or reviewed the show, please head over to iTunes and do so. This is what helps Mudlark get into more ears and more hearts. And it just means so much to me. So after you leave a review, be sure to take a screenshot, send it to my email. Hello at Danny Bolts or over on Instagram at Danny Bolts. And I am going to send you a handwritten note. I love you all. Have a wonderful day. I'll see you next week. Bye.